0: This is Dev Propulsion Labs, the podcast about building successful developer tools, hosted by Evil Martians. Hi, this is Dev Propulsion Labs, and I'm your host, Victoria Melnikova. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. Please welcome Hanbi Lee, co-founder at Mintify. So uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the background. Hanbi, do you want to introduce yourself and give us a bit of the context? Who you are and how you got here? For sure. Hi,
1: everybody. I'm Hamdi. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, Victoria. I'm super excited. I kind of just like really jumped into software engineering and really just enjoyed coding. And I also just really enjoy working with other people and like working on problems that aren't just impactful problems that provide value to people and i would say that like duolingo also really enforced that into me because it was just such a fun product and it was like the culture was so great and they would always talk about how we could be providing value to people and i think that has like really been ingrained into me like i really enjoy working on products where i can really relate to the user and so i think that's how i kind of really got into startups as well because you're really on on the ground and really trying to talk to your customers and figure out how you could be providing value to them.
0: Sounds pretty awesome. From Cornell University to Duolingo, then co-founding people, now Mintify. Sounds like quite a journey. (laughs) How have these roles shaped you? Maybe you can talk a little bit about each experience and what it gave you. For sure. So I kind of already spoke about Duolingo. Like I was there when they
1: IPO'd, but like uh, when, when that happened, there were around like 300 people. And despite the fact that they were at that stage, it still felt very startup esque. So like still very focused on the user, still very product oriented and experimental. So I would say I learned a lot from that. And I also really like their culture because it's super diverse and everybody knows another language and it's just like the type of work environment that i want for my company as well as for cornell i would say that you know i I learned my computer science fundamentals and you know we're surrounded by like super super smart people and super inspirational people and i would say that uh i learned a lot from being surrounded by People who are that talented. And it's also where I met my co-founder, Han. Um, him and I also co-founded people together, which was a community platform that we launched together. That was a very cool experience because uh, I would say that he was into startups a lot more be- than I was. And so, like, I remember we were just like really going at it, really coding and trying to like figure out this product. And I remember at one point I was like, Han, why are we even doing this? And he was like, you know, one day maybe we'll make a company together. And here we are now. So people always say that startup years are like, they feel really short, but like you learn a lot in that time period. And I would definitely say that's true because from working on our previous startup together and our startup now, I've definitely feel like I've grown a lot—not only technically, but like in business aspects and like professional aspects as well. There's just like so much to learn and grow. And so with Mintlify now, you know, I'm constantly being challenged to you know figure out new steps. People also say that like startups are kind of like um, like a video game where each like each stage is just like a different boss and you just have to figure out how to like defeat that boss. And so I've definitely become a lot more flexible, a lot more open-minded in terms of the problems that we need to solve and tackle on a day-to-day basis and at a larger scale.
0: (laughs) Sounds pretty, pretty awesome. And also sounds like a very kind of like intense experience, you know, because you have to go through all those stages, as you mentioned, which often feel like like bad bosses in games, you know, Dark Souls kind of bosses, but, you know, it all makes sense in the end and the, the reward you get when you pass over certain like hurdles that um, it makes it all worth it. I also want to share a quick uh, story. So I recently interviewed Monica Sarbu, the co-founder of Zeta, and she was at Elastic when they went through IPO. So it's super mm-hmm. cool. To hear those kind of like parallel stories that happens sometime in like parallel universes. And she said that it's actually so rare to be at a company when they go through an IPO, especially in the current economic climate. And I'm so excited to have you both on this season because you both did that, you know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty, pretty badass. super exciting and I was so grateful to be
1: there to experience it and hopefully one day I get to be at the table ringing the bell as well.
0: (laughs) Take us to the origins of Mintlify.
1: How did it come about? When Han and I were co-founding People, we quickly realized after launching the product that we did not know much about like SMBs and like why they wanted to build a community and what they wanted to do with it. And we like quickly realized that we didn't like empathize with the end user as much as we wanted to. And so the next time that we got together to build a product, we knew we wanted to build developer tools because uh, Han and I are both technical. And so we... Like, at the very fundamentally, we could very much relate to developers, and so Mitlify originally started out with being a um, a documentation generation platform where basically you select code and then um, it generates a docstring on top of it. And we came up with this because, like, we as developers did not like writing documentation, and so we just thought, oh, like this is uh, we think this could be useful, and that was proven correct because a lot of people still use this product up to this day. But uh, we also quickly realized that individual developers have a very low willingness to pay. And so we decided to kind of move away from that product, but we are really thankful about, uh, doc writer because it introduced us to the idea space of documentation and uh, we also got into yc with the idea and uh, when we were in yc we started talking to other founders about documentation and they kept on telling us that public facing documentation is not solved and for the longest time we ignored that we we're like oh we're not doing public facing documentation like we already know that other competitors already exist in the space and but then we one day we just tried doing it and we've kind of been running with it since. So there's a clear need for it. I think that, you know, the market was in the need of a disruption. And a lot of our customers right now are our fellow friends in our in our YC batch, in YC in general. And we're continuously building and trying to advance with them.
0: Yeah. I mean, Y Combinator is one of those accelerators that put startups on the map and it's, it's a challenge to get in. Um, but I think it's, it's very rewarding in the end. So can you share a little bit more about your experience at YC?
1: When we applied, we like we were still students at the time actually. And we told each other that we would drop out if we got in. And so I would definitely say that out of like our entire startup journey, I feel like getting into YC was definitely one of like the most like pivotal or like foundational moments of it. It definitely validated a lot of the work that we were doing up until then, where it kind of felt like we were really in the shadows trying to just like do whatever we can and just figuring it out without a lot of mentorship and so like it was super gratifying and super validating to like get that acceptance it was an amazing Amazing experience. Um, we participated in the winter 2022 batch, and this was the last remote batch. Although we did like fly to SF then just to see some other people and just experience San Francisco. Truly, just having the group partners there to be a sounding board to tell them, hey, like we're thinking of doing this, and then them telling you whether they think that's a good or bad idea is so much guidance. Like there's like no right or wrong answer. in when you're working on startups, but just knowing that they have so many data points and like, they've obviously like they're, they've all been successful founders themselves. It's just super invaluable. And I would also say that despite the fact that we were the last remote batch, we also met a ton of other people. And it's very rare that you find other founders that are at the exact same spot that you are at and like you know up until this day we still like catch up every now and then with um our fellow batchmates and it's really nice that like we all obviously have different journeys but just catching up and like it's super motivating to be surrounded by like like like-minded people like-minded but also like completely different and like completely diverse in terms of like what they're working on and everyone is just like changing the world in a different way so I highly recommend YC to anybody who's considering applying.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also they have some, you know, free resources available like I mean we can start with Paul Graham's, you know, essays and we can finish with the uh, uh, YC startup school videos that are really highly educational and you can go onto YouTube, check YC videos and it's just packed with great useful information. We work with different founders and we notice that especially engineers, founders with the background in engineering, they often get carried away with building the technology, you know, but the business aspect of it is really important. And sometimes you need guidance to kind of like understand what your next step is and basic concepts like talking to your users and moving fast, uh, you know, some of those things that YC really teaches you to do. Um, 100%. It's also nice to have the the yc you know badge next to your name. <laughs> it's just like a nice <laughs> nice nice thing to have. All right, let's focus on Mintify for a second. So, yeah, sure. um developer tools is one of those industries that has specific go-to-market technologies and actually documentation is extremely important for developer tools because it's one of those It's kind of like the screen through which this startup communicates with their users. It's their first kind of like engagement with their users, right? And GitHub did the survey in 2017 pointing out that there is a huge problem with documentation. It's not easy to navigate. It's overbearing. There's a lot of things going on. And it's also, if you ask any developer how much time it takes to write documentation, it takes a ton of time. So it's extremely time consuming as well. How do you think the scene has changed since 2017? And what is Mintify doing about those old challenges and the new challenges? (laughs) I like to think that we're making documentation more sexy.
1: Like people are paying more attention to documentation. And like you said, it is like a super important part of a developer tool company's products, especially if you're an API company at that point, the, the documentation is the product because it's really the one part that your users are really interacting with in order to use your API. One of the things that we like to say about Milify is that um, it's infinitely flexible and when you need it to to customize it but it's also opinionated so that you can you know get your docs up and running as quickly as you can but also still match your branding and still um be up to par with the rest of your product and so we're super developer centric uh our product uh essentially Like connects to your GitHub and uses Markdown files that live inside a GitHub repo, and it automatically syncs with the the website automatically syncs with your GitHub repo uh, with the content. And so, like, it's super convenient for developers to use and maintain. And we're also big on um, developers maintaining the documentation, as since it's for a technical audience, and we think that developers are like know the products are very close to it and think it's important that developers can easily um, access and maintain it.
0: Yeah. Empathy is huge, honestly, especially in developer tool space, you know, developer experience is something that is changing, disrupting the industry. Can you tell us about lending your first Mintify users? So you mentioned how YC is kind of like a cheat code in that sense, because you get exposed to so many startups that are in the same badge. So you guys are kind of like, comrades, so to say, right? So you were kind of like willing to test out each other's products. Can you share more about getting those first users? How did it happen? What do you guys do to get those first um, users, whether paying or not? Yeah, yeah. No, the early days was super interesting because uh, since
1: we're both technical founders, we've had the mentality of like, if we have an idea, then we want to MVP it as quickly as possible and then throw it out there. And so the first version of Mitlify was basically just like a static website that we maintained our first customer, like they couldn't even edit the docs themselves. Like we manually migrated their content and then we're like, Hey, like, would you pay for this website? And then like, surprisingly they said, yes. So that was like the first version of Minify. And since then we've obviously added like the automation so that like, Um, You can sync it with GitHub, obviously edit the docs yourself. But um, the first few customers were a lot of uh, the people we were closest with uh, during YC. Thankfully, yeah, like you said, they were nice enough to, like, Test our product from the early days and uh, use it. So that was a super interesting time and a lot of a lot of manual work, like just doing things that don't scale, of like copying over content from their existing documentation to like be like, hey, like would you, like please like just check this out and like if you like it, like feel free to use it, kind of thing.
0: Awesome. So documentation revolves around users it's very important to take user feedback and apply it how do you leverage feedback on documentation or in general user feedback to drive your product forward yeah yeah recently um for our customers themselves like since
1: they're also companies that should be listening to their uh, customers we recently launched a feature where you can um the user can like give like a thumbs up or a thumbs down on like the documentation page. And then through our dashboard you can see which pages that the users like and dislike so that you can move from there. For ourselves, I think like everyone always says like like we probably don't talk to our customers enough, but like we have a community that we maintain and I'll always try to prioritize and make sure that our current customers are happy uh, while we're iterating on the product. Like, this is a good reminder that I should be scheduling more calls with our users (laughs) to continuously, like, have that feedback loop into moving our product forward.
0: (laughs) So, Mintify journey, or to be honest, any startup's journey is not linear, right? Ideas change based on uh, what you're hearing from your users' things. You kind of, like, adapt your product to meet, you know, to get the market fit. Can you tell us about the pivots that Mintify went through? Uh, How did you shape them? How did you find? What's the next step for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I also kind of briefly touched upon this before, but like I said, we were working on a more B2D product directly to the developer before we started working on the B2B product that we're working on now. Since then, we've also had a couple pivots before that product, a couple pivots in between, but just a lot of iteration a lot of just not being afraid to throw something out there and put it out into the world just to get that reception we also have like the mindset that uh everything is like kind of a hypothesis until you get the market reaction out there if somebody believes in an idea more than the other then we like we still support each other and we're like okay like let's let's admit that we don't know like how the market's going to react to this like let's just see what's going to happen after we throw it out there and so like we've definitely been through a lot of pivots uh and i i know like like the age-old question is like oh like how do you know if you're pivoting too much or not enough or like too early or too slow and like Obviously, we'll never know the answer to that. And it's different per person. But uh, we're of the opinion that, like, people, or I think most people are of the opinion that people don't pivot fast enough because they're a little bit too attached to their product. But I actually remember one of our first office hours with YC. Uh, like, we were contemplating going through a pivot because we applied with uh, another idea, but it wasn't really working out. And then, uh, we had the doc writer idea and we asked them what we should do. Like we're thinking of pivoting. We're not sure. And then I remember their advice was like, don't be too attached to the product. And that has stuck with me really for, it has really stuck with me because I feel like the, the media perception of startups is kind of like Facebook where it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, like they just launched this product and it worked. It just blew up and like everybody loved it, but that's like so far far. Away from reality, like it requires so much, uh, like just throwing things at the board and just a bunch of different like tries until you get it to work. And uh, the product is just like a means to get to the customer. Like you're really just trying to provide value in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't even have to be software. You're just trying to provide value. And so, like being attached to the code or like the physical product is like really does you more harm than good uh in the long run so that's still my mindset now that like we're just trying to provide value to the customer
0: (laughs) i think that's going to be the insight that i take away from this conversation just that alone is something that i think a lot of founders need to adapt uh, to adopt in their mentality because it is a mentality shift you know you have to kind of like go to the next level of abstraction and think about it differently, which which is hard to do, you know, especially when you spend so much time on the technology and you kind of like did so much work to make it happen. You know, so it's kind of counterintuitive, but it actually, you know, what makes start- startups successful at the end of the day, like even big guys like Airbnb, originally they were a different idea that pivoted, pivoted, pivoted and became something else, you know. So with Mintify going big on the premium front, what should we expect next? What do you have in store? We have been super focused on developers,
1: but we also want to kind of expand our audience. And so we are currently working on a web-based editor so that non-technical parts of the team, such as designers or product managers can also edit the documentation and um, be closer to it because the more up-to-date and more, um, more people have the ability to do that, the better it is because I would say stale and incorrect documentation is worse than no documentation at all. So we're super excited for that. Uh, we're actually hoping on launching that next week. So fingers crossed that we that happens. Looking even further on, I could really see us, you know, going towards just being like a developer communication platform where right now we're really focused on documentation but you know there are other ways in which like you have to communicate with developers such as like through change logs or status pages or you know even like a public facing roadmap and so i'm like, super excited to kind of like expand our like feature set and hopefully go into more areas like that to help that communication happen between um, companies and their
0: end users. Sounds ambitious, and I like it. (laughs) Good luck luck with that. (laughs) Thank Um, you. How is Mintify engaging with open source communities? Do you have any cool collaborations You know, in your back pocket. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, if any open source companies are
1: watching this, uh, we offer like a deal for specifically open source companies. So, like, they could reach out to us and we can, um, help set up documentation for them. We love the open source community and we, I obviously have benefited from it like myself. Like, there's just so many cool things on GitHub. And so we're, you know hoping to open source more of our code base as well you know open source our components or like our parser in the future so that other people can take advantage of that and use it in their code base if they would like to yeah we've like big fan of open source and just want to continue to um, you know support the community and give back as much as I can and you know work with anybody who um, needs documentation and we can just provide it for them and it's it's. I would say that our product is also super um, convenient for open source companies because of the fact that the documentation lives in the code base. It's super easy for their users to also um, go in and make a suggestion um, because like, everybody is technical and knows how to use GitHub in the open source community. And so that's definitely a way in which our product is designed to be in favor of open source uh, companies.
0: Sounds pretty cool. I mean, for us at Evil Martians, we kind of invest a lot of time and resources into open source. And some um, famous open source frameworks are done by Evil Martians, created by Evil Martians, like PostCSS and NanoID, some pretty big open source projects. So I can definitely see how, you know, open source community, especially early staged ones could benefit from something like that for sure. Documentation is one of those things that's kind of like the lifeline for developers. It's extremely important. Do you have any gold nuggets of advice for takers <laughs> who are trying to solve similar type problems, similar to what you're doing with Mintify? Yeah, for sure. So I obviously spend a lot of my time
1: thinking about documentation. And one of the things that I'd have to say, like. I would say documentation itself is a very hard problem because like people don't want to write it. And fundamentally I wouldn't say that there is like a one size fits all solution to having great documentation. But I think one core thing that I learned about it is that like, we're going to try to fix as many problems as we can, but some parts of it are fundamentally cultural and that like, uh, I think a lot of the reasons why Stripe has amazing documentation is not only because of like the resources that they devote to it, but also because of like the strong writing culture that they have instilled in the commute in their company. And that's not something that you can just fix with a product. And so I think that's like something that's super important to be aware of fundamentally because i know that there are a lot of other companies that try to fix documentation specifically like oh like how do i prevent documentation from going stale or how do i you know even like like mitlify right now is focused on public facing documentation but for internal documentation within a company like how do you make sure that everything is centralized like discoverable stays up to date and no one disagrees that that isn't a problem but also i wouldn't say that there is like that i could just sit here and conjure up a product that could fundamentally solve that like instantly and so i think like that's kind of why we're working on like what millify is working on now which is like public facing documentation specifically because you know like we think that this is like a good problem space that we can focus on and it's ripe for like problems to be fixed that we can fix and also grow from there and then hopefully um, you know go into the larger cultural problems like here and there but like we're st- start at like a, a lot of a smaller problem space than the vast one that exists So I would say my, my advice is to kind of be aware of that. Uh, like I think fundamentally you can try, you can try to fix like these larger problems. Like we have, like we've, we've gone through it and like, you know, I guess you wouldn't know for sure whether you could fix it or not without trying. So I wouldn't discourage people from trying, but also like just to be aware of the fact that like it's not just a product that can solve, uh, these problems at times.
0: So would your advice be start with the smaller problem, like a specific problem that you're solving yeah. and then try to approach the bigger fundamental yeah. issue and just, you know, <laughs> kind of, you have to make peace with the fact that it is possible that your product would not be solving the big issue.
1: Yeah. To some extent. Cause like I think you also have to balance the fact that you have to be realistic with what you're capable of doing, you know, with the whole other mindset that I was talking about of us iterating and MVPing quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I think you have to be realistic about which problems you can solve in the time that you have. And so with those two constraints, I think that uh, the best way to even inch towards thinking about those larger problems is to start smaller and grow towards them.
0: Yeah, sounds fantastic. Your journey as a female founder of color in tech is truly inspiring, especially in the developer tool space. It's pretty rare, as I mentioned, to come across female founders. And I'm sure for many people, it will open up doors because, uh, sometimes it's enough for us to see just one role model that's going through it, you know, to realize that that's even possible. So. Can you maybe share some words of encouragement uh, to others from diverse backgrounds looking to venture into tech or startups or developer tools specifically?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I love this question. Um it's definitely been quite quite an experience. Like it's definitely super male dominated and as you said in DevTools tools specifically, I would say that like there're definitely not as many female founders, but my words of encouragement, like you gotta kind of just throw yourself out there and do it. You can't be scared. I think that, you know, people underestimate us, but like, there's nothing that sets me different from the other people who, who are doing the same thing that I am. And so so I, I will admit at times it is hard, like, you know, being like walking into a room and it's like, I'm the only woman there and but it's encouraging to me to know that I'm setting a precedent and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that like you said more people will be willing to you know go into these positions and like you know believe that they can do this themselves because other people are doing it as well. And so it's super fun and it's what I enjoy doing and so like if there's other people out there that are scared of doing it but just want to go for it like I also highly encourage people to reach out to me if they want advice or uh, any sort of mentorship in this aspect, because I obviously want more diversity and more, more people, more women, more people of color um, in this space.
0: That's very sweet of you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'd like to end the episode with a, what I call a warm fuzzy. It's sharing something that makes you feel great about what you're doing at the moment. Can you share your warm fuzzy with us? For me, I would say that what I love about what I'm doing
1: is purely just like the people that I work with and the people that like, and our customers, like, I love that. I love it when people like tell us that our product is working well and they enjoy it and like have that sort of validation where like, oh, like we, we are providing value. And
0: so that's definitely what keeps me going. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Last but not least, can you give our audience a call to action, whether it's to test Mint- Mintlify for themselves or something else? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Check out mintlify at mintlify.com If you need documentation for your product, um, sign up, join our community, and I'll be more than willing to help people get set
0: up. And yeah. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you for this episode. Thank you so much. For sure. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for catching yet another episode of Dev Propulsion Labs. We at Evil Martians transform growth stage startups into unicorns, build developer tools, and create open source products. If your developer tool needs help with product design, development, or SRE, visit evilmartians.com slash devtools. See you in the next.